Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, mother, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friends, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time if you're new here. Today, I'm sharing an anonymous recorded coaching session with an adventurous, intuitive learning and development professional who we will call EJ. And EJ has been in the same field for about 10 years after making a pivot at that time. And she's experienced success in this field, but the pandemic and global shifts taking place have brought about two layoffs in the last six months. And EJ is wondering if the tumultuousness that she's experiencing in her career is inviting her into a larger shift. She's wondering if perhaps there is something more for her out there, but what is it and how will she find it? In this recorded session, I coach EJ as she explores these questions and more and arrives at answers that open up a new awareness and a new sense of possibility. These conversations started as an experiment back in the spring of this year, and this is the last recorded coaching session I have to share for now, and I'm not sure what it will look like going forward, but I knew that now was the right time to share this conversation with EJ. I hope that it nurtures and inspires you. And if, like EJ, you are sensing that something is shifting in your working life, I want you to know that I'm currently enrolling new one-on-one career coaching clients until September 30th. I've been coaching clients for seven years now, and the program that I guide people through is sort of like a six-month cocoon for you to simmer in and a place where you can emerge from anew. The program includes 11 one-on-one sessions, an in-depth tarot reading on your career, an extensive workbook that we go through together, and of course, ongoing text and email support between sessions. You really don't have to find your way alone. While you're the only one who can actually take the steps you need to take to change things in your life and career, I would be honored to walk alongside you and share what I know about how to make the process as graceful and as bold as it needs to be for you. So to learn more about that, you can visit the link in the show notes or awildnewwork.com slash coaching. All right, let me walk us through our opening invocation. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just taking a sweet moment for yourself to either put your hand on your heart or take a deep breath or just settle into your body in some way as I read these words. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. Well, I would love to hear a little bit more about what the last year has been like for you professionally and of course, personally, but what's kind of, what's sort of the landscape been like? Well, probably not unlike too many people. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster, both literally and emotionally and um, psychologically. For me personally, I had the interesting experience of 
getting laid off from one employer, W-2 employer. Um, in my case, I was laid off from a large aerospace manufacturer that has been in the news a little bit this last year. Hmm. And uh, that wasn't too big of a surprise. And it was, uh, you know, the best it could be under the circumstances. They tried to do right by us. I was lucky enough. Uh, I'm pretty well networked. In fact, that's one of my superpowers. And so my, I activated the network and was able to secure a position, literally uh, started a week after my last day at the previous employer. So no real, no real gaps, uh, some psychological space for transition, but not a lot of temporal space for transition, which is funny because uh, that was one of my ahas this last year is like, oh yeah, human beings really need time and space for transition. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that I totally didn't give myself because um, for me, the rationale at the time was the job market's going to be flooded and I just don't have the emotional bandwidth to go compete. And I think you can probably relate to this, Megan. I, you know, I don't, I don't like, and I don't really want to participate in capitalism as mm. it exists, patriarchal capitalism, particularly in the West, um, as it's practiced in the United States, I should say, because I don't believe in things like worshiping at the altar of productivity and, any number of things that are out of congruence for me, but as you know, at the end of the day, bills need to be paid, mortgages are due. I have a husband who uh, is gainfully employed, but you know we're both contributing members of the household, and those real temporal, those very uh, third-dimensional realities exist. So, I jumped feet first into a second job uh, for the 2020 calendar year. And feeling blessed all the while to even have it. And I was excited to join a company that culturally seemed to be in alignment. They were more agile. They were more um, sort of self-directed, if not out and out flat. They, you know, had some self-management practices mm -hmm. and other, other things that were resonating with me and, and actually to which I'd been exposed um, from the previous employer through some of the culture work that I I was an early adopter and eager adopter of, um, I'm a big fan of Brave New Work by Aaron Dignan mm. and uh, can even call one of, one of his uh, principles a, a, a friend. And so um, I've been trying to experiment with some of the, hey, let's make work not suck and let's be complexity conscious and people positive um, practices that they espouse. So the, the new employer, you know, I thought it might be in a little more congruence with that. Um, but it was ultimately IT implementation. And I moved firmly away from my field that I've been in for about 10 years, which is ostensibly learning and development. Uh, I call myself a learning experience designer, but that is also shifting even in the last few months. And I didn't like the work. I didn't like the day-to-day. I had a manager that did not interview me, uh, her husband did, and then um, it was a kind of a startup environment, like a well-funded startup environment as a company headquarters were outside of the US and they were growing their presence in the Americas. And so I was excited for what I thought was kind of a, you know, all hands on deck, roll up your sleeves, 
uh, a little bit higher for suitability, train for your specific skills, which I tend to be pretty comfortable with because of my comfort with ambiguity. And I just, I flamed out. I did not like it. I didn't like the way that uh, that manager communicated or managed me. I liked her as a person, but boy, did we not jive. Mm. And I found myself drained and exhausted in a way that was a real step back from some gains I'd, I'd made in the previous uh, maybe 12 to 12 to 16 months. I kind of changed my diet and and um, had a lot of energy and like woke up bouncing out of bed and in a good mood. And so I found myself grieving in some ways for the the work that I'd done and the version of me that I'd gotten to that seemed to be increasingly elusive and out of my grasp. Like, I don't feel good. I don't wake up in a good mood. I am using some of the same tools and practices, whether it's supplements or diet or whatever, and it's not getting me as far as it used to. And, and yeah, so that was about six months of working in that job. And uh, I am proud to say that we, we experienced a conscious uncoupling. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) So I don't count it. uh, Sometimes when I'm being cheeky, or the Cliff Notes version is I technically got laid off twice in six months. But the second version, it was clear it wasn't a good fit. And we had very adult conversations, very loving, gracious, um, you know, she was great. She's just like, clearly you're talented. You, you have these other things, you know, this, and, and I was the first one to call it. I was just like, Hey, you just, you just fired that other guy. And that was a pretty abrupt one. He came on after me. Um, and I wasn't too surprised. I didn't think he was doing that. Well, I didn't, I didn't like working with him. So I could only imagine how hard it was for her and sort of the, the core team to manage. And And so I was just like, you know, given what we're going through, given what you need, somebody to hit the ground running, somebody who deeply knows the business, what's my tenure look like here? And let's have a conversation about it. And, and yeah, it went pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, In hindsight, if I can, I just offer that. um, I think that my network and my reputation also protected me a little there. Mm -hmm. Like they would have looked bad and it would have been impolitic to, to cut me off completely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at, at first I kind of gave her and them a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of credit. And then I was like, oh, wait, I bet they didn't want to burn bridges with somebody like me who is mm-hmm. pretty well respected and pretty well networked. And that says something about me. So mm-hmm. uh, if I can just offer that as a little aha that I had. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's amazing that you brought it up. Most people are not, are too afraid to broach that subject especially given the sort of economic landscape that you were in exactly exactly yeah i was making good money i may i got a bump so so i'm 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 back to hanging out my shingle again i lived and worked in china for five years returned to the u.s i pivoted careers i used to work in electoral politics and public policy in the public sector Then I moved to China and found myself teaching English as a foreign language and then getting into corporate uh, training and and teaching PhDs and things like that. 
and I just really liked sort of this adult ed and corporate training space, executive training space. And then I, I came back to the States and I hustled and I reinvented myself and I don't give myself a lot of credit for that. So I'm working on giving myself credit for that when, when my friends, you know, are like, Hey, look at what you did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like getting employed by the, the employer, the large <laughs> aerospace manufacturer. Mm -hmm. um, it felt very legitimizing, like, Oh, I have arrived. Mm -hmm. I'm a real L and D professional, not just, mm -hmm. But prior to that arrival, uh, I had gotten some advice that you're never unemployed, you're just self-employed. And I did parlay my networking and my hustle into gigs that I had to, I had to, you know, start a sole, sole source uh, or sole proprietorship and, and do that. So technically my shingle's been out and I've even been able to do some work just while I had other kind of steady work, but it's getting rehung, and I'm really at a crossroads, which is why I think we're here talking today, where kind of what's next. And I don't really, I think, I think I'm done with L&D. <laughs> hmm. And I don't really know what that means. Like, am I just a general business practitioner? Um, so yeah, here I am at the crossroads and uh, reached out to you. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the opportunity for some clarity and some conversation. And I hope that maybe my journey is helpful to others in mm -hmm. hearing, hearing our, our conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What are some of the signs that you're getting that you're done with L&D? So I also do a lot of intuitive work. I work regularly with tarot cards. Uh, I feel like I have a, a lot of clarity that comes from sort of a gut, gut instinct, um, so, you know, listening intuitive, intuitively and even taking a few deep breaths and dropping into heart space and checking mm -hmm. for what is true right now is not something that I'm unaccustomed to, but I don't reach for those practices as often as I could and should. And so I've turned to them more in the last few months in particular, women's wisdom, intuition, <laughs> my witchy side, whatever you want to call it. And so I feel like there are nudges to maybe go, yeah, maybe go do things that work more explicitly with women or um, women's leadership development. The signs are not necessarily always clobbering me over the head, though the universe historically has done a little bit of that when I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> I don't know. It's just sort of a like, a, oh, I think I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. And it's like folding up a blanket or something where you're just like, I'm going to fold mm -hmm. this up and put it in the cupboard and it's still there if I want to take it out and use it. But I don't know if it's a part of my identity. I've been unpacking identity a lot the last year. I don't know if other people are, but sort of what's true, what's truly important. Who am I? How do I want to show up in the world? I didn't have kids and I'm forties. Like I'm not old, but I'm not super young what happens in the corporate space for women my age, you know, these are all things that I'm sort of grappling with. Mm -hmm. And when I have conversations with people, maybe you experience this as a coach, I'm not a certified coach or anything, but I have conversations with people and my ability to sort of help them get clarity or, or feel energized is really fire lighting for me. You know, ignites my where I'm just like, oh, this is energizing. I am, I am excited by you being excited to have this conversation about this problem or challenge mm -hmm. that I maybe know some stuff about or 
could offer a perspective on. And so the, you know, the, the old role of L&D or, or OD or even just, just, yeah, the things that I've done and the, the person that I am seems to have merit when I put it out there for others to use as they see fit. Mm -hmm. How many years ago was the sort of reinvention into L&D? Was that about 10 years ago? Yeah, about that. And what feels similar if this, you know, if this is a new cycle of reinvention and certainly doesn't have to look the same, but are there any similarities between sort of where you are now and where you were at that last cycle? Well, what comes to mind is that feeling like you're standing at a crossroads, that sensation of, you know, not a cliff I'm about to tumble over, but just sort of like, oh, I'm at a, I'm at a threshold. I'm at a boundary of one thing and the starting of another, and I'm excited, but a little scared too, you know, a little trepidatious. And, and, you know, the reframer in me is always like, you know, fear and anxiety or just excitement needing to be channeled healthfully, like uh, jumping up and down before that job interview to channel my butterflies. Like uh, I think it's Brene Brown or somebody talked about her daughter being in karate and the sensei saying something like, get your butterflies flying in order, like get them into formation (laughs) where it can be channeled energy. And, and I like that metaphor where, you know, it's a little bit scary, but that's, that scariness is where change, you know, change and growth comes from. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not hard for me personally. Mm-hmm. getting some direction and some clarity with the different ideas <laughs> mm-hmm. that's challenging for me like the like just buckling it down and doing that's challenging for me yeah so if you imagine yourself sort of at the center of this crossroads are there any options that you see like that do feel clear even if they're vague what are some of the pathways that being offered to you some of the the nudges I'm also getting include pick one thing. And I don't think it necessarily has to be the one thing that I do forever, but maybe it's the one thing that I put some dedicated attention and, you know, where you, where you direct your gaze is where things happen, whether you're snowboarding down a hill or, you know, swinging the bat at a ball or, or in my case, uh, trying to build an area of my business. So I have landed on a couple of things that seem to make sense and they're sort of general business practices like transformation not just digital transformation but sort of like transformative work facilitating emergence Mm. Um, I really love facilitation so like moving away from that IT implementation where it was learning technology and learning products that I totally loved the products but boy IT implementation was not for me is what I learned. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, what is true? I like people. I'm good with people. I like facilitation. I try not to, I mean, I know I talk a lot. I'm even talking a lot with you, but facilitation is different because you you create space for others. And I also, frankly, I like kind of one and done projects or time bound things Mm -hmm. because I get bored easily. And I'm not just like IT implementation can take like two years, particularly if you've got like a large enterprise or public sector client, you know, like the fed federal space, it's like, Oh God, there is no end in sight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that is not for me. It is hard to get up and get out of bed and feel excited Mm -hmm. about that work. So at least when you facilitate, 
So like in my case, I'm kind of going all in on um, design sprints and those can be for anything, can facilitate a process. Uh, you know, somebody wants to do something differently, like, oh, we want to do our performance management differently. We don't know how to get there. I could come in and be a time-bound intervener where I'm not there to execute it, but I'm there to help with mm -hmm. creating clarity and, and move people through a structured process that gets them to the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be products, that can be processes, that can be, you name it. It's a, it's a great tool for a lot of different things. And so that's where I say things like I facilitate emergence or facilitate change or transformation and not like the way that like you or coaches do, but sort of this, maybe it's a little more like I am pretty touchy feely and woo woo, but I think I'm looking for the safety of like, it's, it's, it's like, it's enough business speak or it's legitimate in sort of the, the corporate business world that I can feel safe, that I can lean on it for a while to find clients at first. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the more subversive stuff, like maybe I do offer tarot readings or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe that comes down the road. I don't know, but I mean, that's my tension, right? Is like pay the bills, reinvent self again. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? What do I call it? What do I offer? What is my pick one thing? Because um, I need to focus on maybe a few things. I don't know. Again, that's sort of where I struggle. Okay. So you have, it sounds like you have some pretty well thought out ideas for what you could offer or how you could engage. What feels confusing, I guess? Because I mean, hearing you talk about it, you sound clear. I have no doubt you could do these things and offer a lot of value. Why aren't you already doing these things, I guess? And there's no judgment in that, but um, <laughs> we're having hesitation. Mm, honestly, I don't know if they're in the truest alignment that they could be. Okay. Is it too safe? Is it too much like the world wants me to show up? Mm -hmm. And not subversive enough, not transformative enough? Am I a hypocrite? Am I cliche? Am I not genuine? Am I not learning or experimenting enough mm. to walk walk my talk? Will this just feel like another thing that I don't want to get out of bed for because the grind is more than, you know, the hustle and the grind is more than I thought it would be or I don't know. Yeah, that all makes sense that those would be coming up. If you think about you know, whatever is next, and it, it can be anything, how would you like to feel in relation to it? Clear. Uh, like I said, at the top of the hour, I think I'm looking for clarity. And maybe for me that right now that needs to be more obvious nudges or support. I don't know. Um, I don't need permission, but maybe I need cheerleaders mm. or reinforcement. I've felt alone and lonely when I did this before mm. and I'm not really excited for that aspect of it like that was part of why I was excited to join a large company I really liked my team I really liked my boss and then that's why I wanted to jump to another thing where it was w2 work versus consulting under my own name and now I'm yeah I'm swinging back and I guess I don't really know what the middle ground looks like or how not to get back to that place of loneliness. 
Mm-hmm. You want to feel like you're part of something or that you have partners? Yeah, I didn't quite answer your last question. I'm sorry. Can you repeat it? No, that's okay. I just want to learn more about how you would like to feel and whatever is next. Right. So clear, energized, obviously, not on the productivity worshiping hamster wheel. I guess a little recognized for my gifts. I have been told that I'm almost too humble or too behind the scenes. And so I feel like it's a chance to maybe step a little more into the spotlight, but sort of still doing that with humility and still doing it with um, integrity. Again, maybe that's why I like working with women where I'm just like, it's super easy for me to cheerlead other people because there are a lot of really amazing people out there. I guess secure some measure. I'd like to feel some measure of security. Mm -hmm. And security, like in the abundance sense, right? Like that, that, yeah, that I have enough, that I have enough time, I have enough energy, I have uh, enough money, I can say no, I can afford to say no to things I don't want to do. Because there's that too. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of done doing shit I don't want to fucking do anymore. Excuse Mm -hmm. my language, but I'm with you. (laughs) So, whatever whatever those feelings are. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned earlier, you were telling me about the last cycle you went through and you said something like, you know, I'm reinventing myself again. (laughs) (laughs) And it seems like there's maybe some emotion behind being here and sort of being at a crossroads again. And maybe some grief that you're here, perhaps not totally by design or by choice. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what's there? Yeah. My husband and I changed jobs together in our own respective ways, not once, but twice within the last year. Like he got a, he, he decided to go a different direction, got a job. I got a different job, got recruited. And then he decided he didn't like that job. He left it about nine or 10 months into it. And then I got laid off. So like even things like I was telling him, oh, take a sabbatical, you know, I've got a good income and you can come on my benefits and I will catch you for once. Thank God we didn't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I have said to him and others that given how, how change tolerant I am, I was just like, can I just have, I call it steady Eddie. Can we just go steady Eddie for a while? You know, like just, you know, I'm fine with the white water of life, but mm-hmm. I need some flat flat water too you know you know whether it's to rest and restore or just be on autopilot for a while because sometimes that's what you got to be and I think also I ran headlong into non-traditional everything ever since I can remember and so here I am trying okay that's kind of funny now I'm having a little bit of a you know I try and do it the way that the world wants me to do it you know and a little bit I've arrived you know a little bit is classical success for like white middle class cisgendered you know privileged woman that I am in my coupledom but I actively went very far the other direction for a long time I turned 18 and I moved to France. I and from there I moved to the UK and then from there I moved back to back to the states and then to Germany for some studies because I was like I'm done with French and and non-traditional degree like just very non-traditional like non-traditional high school non-traditional and I I did it all myself and it it was often a lot of work but 
you know, square peg, round hole, society, not working for me. I kind of went and did my own thing. And so then I come back to the States and like my husband and I are in our, you know, mid to late thirties and we're just quote unquote behind everybody. We didn't choose to have kids and uh, that's great. I actually grateful for that on the regular, you know, we didn't also didn't buy a house and we didn't have retirement or savings or anything. And so we've kind of clawed and scratched our way to some semblance of financial security and now that has also been disrupted and maybe that's just how the world's going to be you know how we're going to see this is the first you know, well this isn't the first it's the first big one i turned to my husband the other day and i was like yeah so really starting with sars this is just going to be a thing in our lifetime right we're just going to see a lot of pandemics so what do we do to be resilient to that like we don't get to not have that be the reality so given that that that's the reality what do you do so i know i kind of meandered but even when i try and do things the right way Mm. and i maybe want to break from all of the scratch and scrabble and and the the churn that can be part and parcel of square peg round hole both by choice and some by not um even that doesn't seem like it's really manifested so Mm. so yeah i'm here again despite going at it a couple of different ways. Mm, I see. Okay. Is there a part of you that believes this is a problem? No, not inherently. So I do think I've done a lot of things not very easily, like not the easy way. I saw how that affected my dad. I've also seen, you know, my mom's journey and I don't want either of their, (laughs) I don't want either of their journeys to be my journey. So I've, I've tried to have my own and I don't know. Does it ever get easier? Like, at what point does it get easier? Mm. Shouldn't it be easier than this? Like, sometimes I try and let the water carry me. And sometimes I very much feel like I'm paddling upstream. And then, you know, you you put down the, the oar or the paddle and you're kind of get carried. And you're like, oh, this is so much easier. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm looking for a little, a little less tiring, a little, a little bit easy. Maybe that doesn't exist. I mean, that's a huge question. I think there are times when we're actively resisting what wants to happen and we're making it harder. And there are other times where I think we are just in this murky, unknown, you know, place and we're not meant to know more than we do. And it's not a problem. Do you have a sense of whether you are sort of trying to paddle upstream or if you are just in this sort of mysterious place? I would say I've actively been trying to be a little more receptive, just kind of slowing it down and paying attention to my body. I mean, some of that's forced by even just feeling so crappy, right? Where I went and saw a bunch of doctors because I was just like, I don't feel like myself. How to, you know, pathologize that all you want, but like I used to feel real good and now I don't. And it seems like I'm coming back at least to feeling a little more, quote, like myself. I don't know. Yeah. What was the question again? (laughs) Uh, Am I, yeah, I'm being more receptive and trying not to force things because I do tend to do things kind of quickly and pivot on a dime. And that's very in my nature. And it's not like I want to be counter to my own nature because my 
my nature is also what makes me entrepreneurial and ideate and empathetic to others because I can just always be like, yeah, I can see how I can see that dimension and that perspective too. But slowing it down because like looking for that steady eddiness, uh, for me, the message is like, can, can we just slow it down a little bit? Like pandemic, sure, forced some slowdown, but I, I need more slowdown or a different kind of slowdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I even almost like the go slow to go fast sort of thing, like mm-hmm. a thoughtful, intentional pivot, change, reinvention might be a little more sustainable mm-hmm. for whatever long term looks like nowadays Mm -hmm. for me i'm going on about one year cycles so Mm -hmm. what does two year cycle look like what does Mm -hmm. four years look like with steady growth and a chance to you know pause and reflect and iterate on my experiments so Mm -hmm. i know what interventions work and and which don't and where to direct my attention and energy as a result sounds like you're hungry for something that is inherently stable but adaptable and flexible totally okay totally yeah that's a good way of putting it if you could sort of like zoom out and imagine either the universe or spirit or whatever word you use what do you think you're being asked to do right now Hmm. um it's a little stepping into who i am and what i have to offer the world Hmm. maybe the full array of my gifts And maybe that doesn't exist in somebody else's job description, corporate environment, et cetera. So I have to create it for myself and the right people will show up and opt in. Hence the rehanging of my own shingle. Mm -hmm. I I jokingly call it my Perry crone phase. You know, there's maiden mother crone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I'm in my early forties, didn't have kids, you know, doesn't preclude having kids in my life, but, uh, it just frees you up like in time and energy and like psychic space to well focus on me and the world I want to create and the relationship I want to have with my Mm -hmm. partner and the people in my life like it's just a it's a very luxurious space to be in and so I kind of want to capitalize on that and like yeah break shit and do cool stuff Mm -hmm. like that's sort of the you know I'm starting starting into the I don't give a fuck face mm-hmm. <laughs> of life. Yes. <laughs> Think of all those old people. What do they do? <laughs> what do they not do? Give <laughs> a yes. rat's ass. Right. So, yeah. And do you have a sense of what that would look like just personally or professionally? Do you, are there things yeah. that you want to do that are emblematic of that phase? On the extreme side, sometimes it's the well, I just kind of wish I was just me in the world and I was gallivanting about the planet, doing whatever I wanted to do with, you know, no cares for aging parents or a husband whom I adore and have been with for a long time. Um, Would that look like just traveling and exploring? Yeah, I, I miss I miss traveling and living overseas and I get pretty envious of like the digital nomads that are the generation, two generations that came after me. Because when I was cutting my own swath in the mid '90s, you know, I didn't have a laptop. I didn't. <laughs> Do you know how hard it was to even call home? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, I was just ahead of my time. Too little, you know. Too little, too late. But what does my piece of that pie look like now? You know, mm-hmm. freedom to, freedom create to create and earn and live where I want and work when I want, as much or as little as I want. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has a lot of appeal. Mm-hmm. And on some levels, I think I've paid my dues. Not to totally sound like a Gen Xer, but you know, kind of haven't I earned this just by being a woman in the patriarchy? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. isn't it my inherent birthright? And then on some level, I'm like, well, maybe I haven't really paid my dues, haven't I? Maybe I haven't worked hard enough to get there, but mm-hmm. I do have a, I do have a parent who is uh, one parent I lost when I was 16, and that changed my life. Totally changed the direction of my life, and. And I have uh, another parent who is who is uh, dealing with a lot of complex health issues, and I look at their choices around you know, work and stopping work and the quality of life now, and I just don't want to wait to live my best life until mm-hmm. quote unquote retirement, and there is no retirement for me. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't maybe I didn't play I didn't play by the rules long enough to cash in and frankly, I just, again, I think that's specious. Those systems don't exist for a huge swath of the population. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get hung up on, on those models. I'm going to just try and make models that work for me. But again, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It feels like effort. It feels like churn. It feels like, you know, when is something going to be easy? Mm -hmm. Not looking for a handout, but how do I live my best life now? Mm Mm-hmm. I wish we had like five more hours <laughs> to talk. I have a lot more questions. Um, I guess if it's okay with you, I, I'd like to sort of bring it back to here and see where we can offer some relief or support now. You mentioned that, you know, right after you mentioned wanting to feel clear in whatever you did next, I have two thoughts about that. One, that makes me think of, you know, you mentioned earlier that your son is in Gemini, um, or that's your birth sign. And I think of Gemini as like the, it is that very like clear channel where you are connected to the divine, whatever that means to you. And I, there I is... clearly have such a hard time expressing myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there can be, you know, it's the late spring period. So there's all this pollination and activity and it's like the clear channel where that energy is getting focused and, you know, diverted into something. And I think it's perfectly acceptable and okay and the beauty of Gemini is that it is about collecting a lot of different data and insights and you know it is out there multifaceted in the world but I hear you that you're hungry for some clear like energy flow into one area you know you mentioned like your gaze and and being focused like I've been sorry you uh, I just think you'd appreciate this where it's like rooting into Gaia and just like Mm -hmm. that deep like centering connecting is not a practice that I've been really great at and so like I'm bringing Mm -hmm. that online through guidance and coaching from other people who are Mm -hmm. wiser than I and and so how do I how does it all connect I guess you know Mm -hmm. like both the deepening but also the expansive reaching for all of that Mm -hmm. that I'm so good at Mm -hmm. some you know some sort that's what I think of when I think of alignment yeah, I think with an air element like Gemini, it, it can be hard to feel sort of rooted and grounded, but that you, the way that you do that won't look like other people, it won't look like sort of the earth element, you know, necessarily, but mm. you can find that stability. You know, Gemini is also mutable, so it's transitioning us from spring to summer. So there is a lot of movement. And I think of it as like the eye of the storm, not that there's a scary storm or anything, but just that like calm wind that 
is just like at the center of all of the activity that you can return to and sink into. But I think for you, it sounds like there's that movement is just a natural part of who you are. And, and so it could be uncomfortable if there's, if that's happening in a way that's not totally clear, or like you're not sure where it's leading or which way to go. So just lots of like sweetness and tenderness for you that, you know, this isn't, you're not doing anything wrong, that you are sort of exploring all of the options. You're wanting to find something that allows you to be free and, you know, liberated in the way that you need, but that also meets, you know, the, your realities of having an elderly parent and wanting to um, enjoy your life, which makes sense. When you were talking about wanting to be feel clear, you also mentioned not necessarily needing permission, but really needing like cheerleaders. And I'm curious what your like system of support or cheerleading looks like right now. And do you have, I'm sort of envisioning like a really nice container for you in this process that sometimes we have to focus on the container more than what's coming from it. Like we might not always know what's in the seed, but we need to kind of nurture the shell and make sure the soil around it is really healthy. And it sounds like that might be where you are. So, you know, do you have a good What's your soil like? And are there cheerleaders around you that you can lean on right now? Yeah, I really like that. And what comes to mind is um, my my also nascent gardening skills. Like I'm not a particularly gifted plant parent. It requires patience that I sort of inherently lack of the, the flighty Gemini that I am. But um, I have this rocky soil out in this very nice, well-sunned patch in my little, my little teeny tiny yard off my teeny tiny condo. And I've been trying to rehabilitate the soil. And so, you know, just like even getting, you know, both bringing in the, the bot elements, but then like, as I kill plants, like turning them back in and having my equal parts wet and dry and brown and green and, you know, like trusting the process that leads to fecundity and, and then like dumping that back onto my, my little stretch there and you know darned if stuff isn't growing better now than it was last year so you just yeah like I like what you brought up and that's what it made me think of so I must be doing something right because I would say I am focusing on the container lately mm. in addition to your community and Cedar Lodge I've joined two other networks the spaces that I'm choosing to opt into are I think non-traditional spaces like Cedar Lodge and like um so big you know plug for cedar lodge there <laughs> but um i've joined another one that explores uh masculinity and uh that's an area that i've been interested in as somebody who also feels like pretty in touch with my masculine side and just really likes to play with that that polarity of masculine and feminine energy and then they particularly use things like myth mythos and fable and sort of like archetypes and all this just yummy kind of squishy stuff that I like and, and music and creativity. And then I'm in another one that's a lot of women. And so that's like my coven and my, you know, my women's guild and my um, uh, kind of coaching and performance and productivity oriented, but not in like a traditional way. So those are fairly new but I think they're the right spaces. Um, I think they're places that I can maybe grow my brand and like they're safe to safe to explore, co-create, innovate, um, put your ideas out there and get some response from like a friendly crowd. 
mm -hmm. cheerleaders, but then could even lead to collaboration. So I'm not so goddamn lonely in my next. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that's interesting that you noticed that. And I think that that's uh, in alignment or, or on point because that's sort of what I've been directing some of my attention to and knowing that it's maybe a little bit of a slow burn and I'll get out of it what I put into it. And so what can I intentionally put into that? What can I intentionally put into growing my own skill set and getting clear on my offerings that move toward, you know, like my, my, my new website, like what are the services I'm going to offer? What are the practices that I can like label in a way that a potential client might go, Oh, I want to opt into that. But, um, yeah, I feel like they're kind of two sides of the same coin, which is me in a nutshell, where it's sort of my woo-woo space, but it's got some business sensibilities and then my business sensibility space, but it might have some woo-woo creep in and the right people will show up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally believe that. And I think it's hard. I mean, I feel like it's you're sort of like an edge walker where you're not fully in either place you're sort of in both and that can feel really lonely because not not as many, not everyone can sort of transition or be in both places at once and yeah. so I think the more you can be surrounded by people who understand that those you know can coexist the better and yeah like you, I think of you know what you were telling me earlier about what you would what your ideas are for what to do next and this like facilitating emergence. It sounds like that's exactly what you're doing for yourself. Right yeah, now. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. So how can you design a really supportive structure that's loose and adaptive enough that you can be in it, you know, not not always comfortable, but that you're held by something, you know, yeah. and and held by the people that get you and see you. And I have no doubt something is going to come and coalesce it just sounds like it's not it's just not ready yet but there's nothing you're missing it just hasn't fully formed or sprouted yet and maybe that's where I'm getting the nudge to just slow down and be okay with a little bit of the process that historically maybe I forced or whatever mm -hmm. yeah it's a deeply uncomfortable place to be and most I've done this too most people we sort of manufacture the next thing because it's like at least you know I can point to this and say, this is what I'm doing, but the process of just sort of sit, sitting with the mystery and letting it form and kind of being out exploring who else is out there and, and, and doing that um, exploration is really, really fruitful. It just can take longer. And I, I think it's amazing that you're not just going out and trying to put something together just to satisfy that sense of discomfort. So I hope you'll keep going and continue to sort of focus on the, the container that you're building. Will do. Thanks for the cheerleading in this. <laughs> Did this feel helpful or are there, what are you taking with you? Yeah, I'm surprised at how emotional I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, your, for the listeners at home, I'm a little misty right now. <laughs> um, uh, really just what we, we've spoken about even in the last few moments around the container and the soil and the cheerleaders, that's clarifying for me in a way I hadn't really noticed it. Like I'm doing all of this work, but the whole journey, you know, the journey is the destination or it's a journey, not a destination. Like that makes me feel better about the process that I'm engaging in and that the output is actually already being sort of noticed like by you as an outside observer. Mm -hmm. And that feels validating as you were reflecting back to me, like, 
hey, you're, you're kind of onto something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a little bit scary to walk that edge, but who, if not you? Mm, yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, I wish I could give you a hug. It sounds like you just <laughs> need, I don't know, just some, just someone to really say like, you're doing great. And, uh, you know, just all of the validation that we need when we're on these journeys that do feel really lonely and yeah. no one else can do it except us. We may have a midwife or a support person, but at the end of the day, we're the ones that have to birth this thing. And that can be fucking totally. hard and scary. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. you're doing it and you've done it before. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you, think, you think I'd be good at this by now, but no. the, feels, the feels are still there. So, of course. Thank you so much for sharing with me and, you know, the podcast community as well. And yeah, I'm just really impressed by your discernment and diligence of doing this in a way that's in alignment for you. And I hope you'll keep me posted. And, and I would love to see you in Cedar Lodge whenever it's useful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for all you do and put out there and and you're an inspiration and I do appreciate the containers you've created. So I look forward to seeing you and all of our brothers and sisters who are also feeling called to this Mm. crazy emergent space to, (laughs) to see what we all can go create together. Oh, thank you, EJ. And thank you, dear listener for bearing witness to her process today. If you would like to learn more about what it's like to work with me one-on-one, you can visit awildnewwork.com slash coaching. I will be back in two weeks to share my insights on this shift into the early fall season and what this exciting time, this exciting transformation could mean for you and your working life. So take good care and I'll see you on the other side.